You're listening to the Gamestreet.biz microcast, recorded on Friday the 9th of June 2023. I'm James Batchelor and I'm joined this morning by... Marie D'Alessandri. And we are going to be discussing Summer Game Fest. Uh, so Summer Game Fest kickoff live happened last night. Uh, we are recording very much the morning after, after we've had time to process the announcements and get some sleep. Um... Good number of games announced. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, obviously, but kind of the highlights, if you did miss this, there is a full roundup on the site, and we will link to that, obviously, in the show notes. Um, but the the highlights were, so it kicked off with um, Ubisoft's Prince of Persia The Lost Crown, which is a new 2D action platformer kind of based on the, the older games with a lot of combat. It's coming out January 18th, 2024. Uh, the finale was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the much-rumoured uh, second part. Well, you know, it was rumoured that it was going to be here. The second part of the Final Fantasy VII remake, um, it's launching early next year on two discs. Uh, there was a good trailer there. Other new games that were announced were Sonic Superstars, which is a new Sonic the Hedgehog 2D uh, game, but with kind of uh, 3D graphics. It's uh, got multiplayer. I very much kind of referred to this as the new Super Mario Brothers of Sonic games, and it surprised <laughs> me it took Sega this long to make that. Um, so that's on the way. Uh, Sabre Interactive and Focus Home Interactive uh, announced John Carpenter's Toxic Commando, a zombie co-op shooter that's been made with John Carpenter, the famed horror filmmaker. Um there's another, yet another Lord of the Rings games on the way. Lord of the Rings Return to Moria, uh, which is, seems to be kind of a crafting and strategy sort of game, uh, narrated by John Rhys Davies as Gimli from uh, the old Lord of the Rings films. I was the unnecessarily old excited. Lord of the Rings films. Did you I just know. call Were them they... the old? Like, do you just want all of us to feel extremely old, James? <laughs> oh, Sorry for the are... interruption, but it needed to be said. No, <laughs> it's, it, it warrants the interruption. Like they are—they're not old, but they are twenty years old. Yeah, okay, I 20, guess that's pretty old. <laughs> which you know. To, to other to younger people who might be listening to this is old. Um, I was just I was just happy to hear John Rhys Davies again. Mm. Um, other announcements were Star Trek Infinite is a new grand strategy game coming from Paradox and Nibble Giant. It's going to be fully announced uh, and revealed on June sixteenth, which I learned was Picard Day. I don't know why it's Picard Day, but I will be googling that afterwards. Um, more announcements were so there was Lisfanga, the Time Shift Warrior, which is the debut studio, for, uh, sorry, debut title from Sandor Studio. That's going to be published by Quantic Dream under their new indie label, Spotlight by Quantic Dream. That looked really cool. I have to say that one, that one did uh, appeal to me. And then there's going to be a sequel to um, Yes Your Grace called Yes Your Grace Snowfall, uh, which is on the way. The only other new announcement really was um exoprimal street fighter 6 crossover where you can play as robotic versions of ryu or guile in the dinosaur hunting game when it comes out in july beyond that it was mostly trailers and updates for games we already know about obviously the crucial crucial update was we now know that spider-man 2 is coming out on october 20th (laughs) so i have until then to finish zelda tears of the kingdom um, but yeah, beyond that, it was mostly kind of updates on and kind of new trailers, new footage of games that we know are coming out. Marie, what were your thoughts on the kind of the overall event? I think my first thought was that it was a bit boring, really, uh, which I know sounds a bit rude, but is very much how I felt throughout. I think the the pacing was a bit off. Like I started getting red flags about what was ahead when the second segment of the whole thing was like a. 10 minutes, I don't know if it was exactly 10 minutes, but segment about Mortal Kombat, which is a great franchise and it's great, but 
that as the second thing you you show a very 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 long very gory trailer like mm. which set really weird vibes for me personally followed by a very long interview and i was like wow okay this is what we're getting okay and then the pacing just never recovered from there for me uh the intro the very first thing i thought was great opening with prince of persia i was like oh wow okay great video games love that and then it was honestly downhill from from there for me i thought the pacing was just completely off and there wasn't a whole lot that got me excited Nicolas Cage was on stage. That was pretty fun. It's no Keanu Reeves, though. And <laughs> no offense to, <laughs> to Nicolas Cage. But uh, yeah, generally, I feel like one of my favorite things was the trailer for the Annapurna showcase, uh, which I thought was really interesting because it's just really showing that indie publishers, like specifically Annapurna, but I think it would also apply to other labels like maybe Finji and stuff like that, are really like those type of smaller showcase with indie labels are really here to stay. And that like that mm. fragmentation of showcase that we've experienced since COVID is here to stay and will probably continue to be the norm. And that maybe like showcases like Summer Game Fest are not super relevant anymore because they're just struggling to get any meaningful and impactful stuff. Like... I don't think it's a bad thing that like events are going to be fragmented or anything because the one thing I took away from last night that is very clear that there are very there are two different um, game industry these days and there's the all white men all guns out Jeff Keighley powered industry and then there's the rest of us who watch the day of the devs and <laughs> we thought that this was absolutely amazing and there was just all these fascinating silly innovative video games trying out new things and yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not like the divide is new at all. It's always been like AAA versus indie type of feel. But I feel like the gap between those two is just like wider and wider every day. And I feel like I just don't belong at all in the first, like in the former at all. Like this show was not for me. I thought it was boring. I honestly thought it was embarrassing. Like no one, not one host being a woman or a person of color in two hours in 2023. It's just genuinely embarrassing. It made me embarrassed to be part of this industry, honestly. And then in five minute day of the devs, like got my intention more firmly than like Summer Games Fest did during the entire showcase. Um, apart from the Baldur's Gate bit, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it was just a lot of video games that all looked like the same. Lots of Souls-like thing that just felt like they all tried to capitalize on Elden Ring's success, but don't look nearly as polished as Elden Ring. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. It was all a bit meh. <laughs> that's my <laughs> I don't know it just yeah it just makes you wonder how bad E3 would have been honestly Oof. I don't know it does it does more on that in a second um, I'm going to back you up there Like I, I agree like I was underwhelmed by the overall selection on show and I think that's despite going in with very low expectations mm. I I think I've said over the last uh, after the last two Summer Games Fest so the, you know the Gamescom one last year and the, the June one that just the the lack of variety of titles, the lack of uh, you know they all all the majority of titles at these events, certainly like the Jeff Keighley event, is aimed at that typical sixteen to thirty five, almost certainly white male audience. And I am not. I mean, I am well. I am that audience. I don't know in terms of I'm white, but I'm I'm, I'm over thirty five now. I don't. I don't. These these games just don't appeal to me. And I kind of went into last night thinking, right, I know. 
most of this is not going to appeal to me, but I want to see what's coming, what see what original ideas are there, what kind of what the even if they're not original ideas, what quality games are mm. coming out, what's going to get the industry excited. And it didn't seem that exciting. It 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 didn't. It kind of you know, you said about yeah, you know, like maybe E three you know, E three not happening was a bad thing. Like at this point, we'll, we'll do the usual disclaimer of GamesIndustry.biz's parent Readpop was organising E three before it got cancelled this year. Marie and I were not involved in that process directly, so we I think we're still entitled to our opinions. But it's worth kind of clarifying yeah. that relationship. Um, yeah, I look at this and this absolutely lends last night's lineup lent credence to there is not enough here to sustain a full E3. Mm. Because or at least to sustain an E3 of the the standards we've come to expect. And granted, we've still got Xbox to go, we've still got Ubisoft to go, um, in terms of like the big hitters that usually draw a lot more of attention. There's a Capcom showcase, there's a Square Enix deep dive into Final Fantasy Sixteen coming. There are a lot there are a lot more indie events. So obviously last night we had Day of the Devs and Devolver Digital. You had Gorilla Collective the day before. You've got Wholesome Direct tomorrow. I believe there's an, another indie showcase coming at some point. You've got Future Game Show, PC Game Show. So this is just one event. This is just the start. But even then, like as this kind of... Jeff Keighley very kind of tries to position it as like, this is the grand opening for whatever is filling the void of E3 this year. And it wasn't that grand an opening, as far as I could tell. Yeah. My thought last night was, like, the fact that most of this, like, hey, you know, here's a look at the new season of this. Here's an updated trailer on this. It's a combination of factors. The fact that so many video games, or so many of the biggest video games, are shifting towards this live service model. And, like, you know, I think, I can't remember if it was shown last night, but it was definitely, like, um, a press release in my thing. The Division 2 is about to enter its fifth year of new content and new seasons like whereas you know 10 20 years past five years later you'd be getting a you know a sequel if not a second sequel because games were shorter they had a shorter tail so the fact that games are a longer term prospect means there are fewer new ones to shout about and the, the focus goes more on the new content rather than the new titles um, also because games take way longer to develop as well that's part of it and also yeah absolutely that's yeah that was going to be my second oh point. sorry <laughs> no no it's fine no no it's good like, uh, yeah you're right because games take so long to um, develop and produce and because they're announced some of them are announced quite early yeah you get more um, more updates on them okay so one of the few proper gameplay demos we had last night where someone actually plays a game and you see what a game looks like from moment to moment rather than seeing snippets of trailer footage was Immortals of Avium, the new Ascendant Studios magic shooter. That was announced last year, so we've seen footage of it. It's out in July. So that was kind of the a reminder this is coming out in July. Like it and God knows how long that game has been in development. But yeah, like the the Seeing so many games we already know about is because games are just announced whenever. They're not announced. They're not all announced or mostly announced in this, you know, dedicated week in June, which I think is a shame because I always enjoy this dedicated week in June. But the fact that it's spread out 
throughout the year, it really is kind of undermining the need for this one week where, hey, here are all the video games. It's puts a, it puts a lot of pressure on like events organizers and stuff to actually mm. have things to show. And the reality is there might not be that many things to show. And I don't want to like diss like the big things that were actually shown last night, like Final Fantasy and all that is, is great. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are really excited about it. So I don't want to take that away from them. But like realistically, I felt like it was really difficult to get excited about what was being shown for all the reasons you highlighted and we already talked about a bit already but yeah it was just like I do feel a bit like right now we're like the old man yells at a cloud meme uh, <laughs> because it's clear and we've we've already said it but it's clear that we're also not the target audience of that AAA industry anymore in a way but it's just yeah it's just difficult because but it's even even it. even by like Jeff Skeely standards it was it was poor. <laughs> um, mm. And as in like, you know, the, the Game Awards, which at, at least always has like proper world premiere type of stuff that even if you don't really care about the this video game because it's another shooter with a lot of blood, at least it's a new game being announced and it's cool. And I know you just explained why there's not that many new games being announced all the time anymore, but it's just like it all fell flat. It all fell flat and... Yeah, sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought here, but it's just a bit. No, I, I agree. I agree, and I think I think the sheer, the sheer volume of games that were shown last night, contrasted with the number of new games that were shown last night, that, that adds into that underwhelming feeling. So hard to kind of keep track because what counts as a game, what counts as not a game. Like we we got into confusion last night when we were trying to count how many games we'd seen and we realised that someone on the team had counted the Annapurna showcase as a game. <laughs> and it's not it's an advert for another showcase. Um but roughly, roughly there seemed to be forty two to forty three games um shown off last night. Of the forty two to forty three, let's just call it forty two. Answer to the life, the universe and everything. <laughs> of the forty two, eight were new games. Yeah. That's just that's a fraction of your showcase. And historically, this week has always been about new games, new announcements, new surprises. Like, or even, you know, okay, a game that only got announced like last week, but this is the first time we really looked at it. And you look at what was new and what was announced in terms of what's going to because you're right, old man at cloud, we're not the we're not the audience. But if I look at it and see what is going to resonate with audiences New games announced. Prince of Persia The Lost Crown. Could be interesting, could do well, but it looks less of a million-selling proposition than the long-delayed, often restarted, Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake. Or a new Prince of Persia. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, that is going to sell gangbusters. That's not a problem at all. Sonic Superstars. Sonic's 2D games tend to do better than its 3D games. It's I always love seeing Sega try to do something really different with something like Sonic Frontiers and then just revert back to, oh, people want classic Sonic with, you know, with something like Sonic Superstars. That may well do well. But again, Sonic's not as big as he usually used to be. Lord of the Rings Return to Moria, there's debate now. I'm not 100% sure whether that was new last night or whether that's previously been announced and that was just our first look. But again, I don't know that Lord of the Rings is the big draw it used to be. Certainly didn't work out well for Gollum, but then that might be Gollum's quality issues. Star Trek Infinite, sure, Star Trek is still popular, but a grand strategy game is quite, and a Paradox-style grand strategy game is a very kind of niche proposition in terms of the overall industry. 
Lisfanger, Yes Your Grace, um, Snowfall, indie games. Indie games sadly just don't do the big money or don't don't turn as many heads as we want them to. Um, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando, which is perhaps the the big surprise, I guess, because no one knew John Carpenter was involved in a video game. It's yet another zombie co-op shooter. I've already seen a couple of articles this morning. It's like anyone completely underwhelmed by Toxic Commando. Like I, you know, it's maybe that one will do well. But it's not like the core audience is short of zombie shooters. So if you come away from it and look, right, what are going to be the big money items here? Final Fantasy, which we already knew was going to sell well, and maybe Sonic. Yeah, I mean, in looking at it, looking at it more from like a creativity point of view, I feel like it's just an identity issue on so many levels with the event, but also with the games presented, plus the AAA fatigue that I think a lot of us are feeling. But it's just like. I think the issue was the positioning of that event as well. And like, is there really a need for one big event that is trying to showcase that many games? And it, I, I'm not sure. And I, that's the, is that pressure to, to, as you say, have all these new games and stuff. And but then it falls flat. And then even the games presented, like I feel like some of them lack a clear identity or direction. And I just don't know what I'm looking at. Like... I don't know, it's just like that that Lord of the Ring game, for instance. I'm like, what is happening with this IP? Literally my favorite IP of all times. What is happening to it? Like, what is this video game? I'm not even sure exactly what type of game it's supposed to be. Like the new Dompnod game, which I don't remember actually if it's a, it was a new announcement or not. I don't think it was. But what is Dompnod's identity these days? I have no idea. Like, what was this video game and why is that a Dompnod game? I don't know. It, kind of looked like one i guess then there was the pokemon with guns game which i can't remember the name now but like how world what, what, that was just that was what bizarre. is this how did they get away with this like <laughs> that surely is a lawsuit in the making so i was yeah. looking at like there are there are lots of pokemon alike games out there and, and I yeah, but like this is like an obvious like ripoff this is so there were ones there was like that's buzzfeed uh not buzzfeed <laughs> Um, Electabuzz. That's yeah. Electabuzz. That's Lucario. Like, you recognize the monsters. Like, that is a lawsuit in the making, surely. Yeah. So, and then there's all the games that are literally just souls like. It's just, it's just Elden Ring, guys. Like, stop trying to remake Elden Ring. It's been, it's been done now, or like Dark Souls, you know? Like, and I'm like, what are all these video games? Who are they for? How do they play? How are they different? They are all the same, and I don't know what I'm looking at, and it's all a big blur. And like, by the end of the two hours, I was like, Shit, what happened there? What, is there? what was I interested in again? And yeah, Sonic, actually. I'm not a Sonic person, but that looked really appealing to me. Uh, but And obviously Spider-Man is going to be incredible. And I guess the only like takeaway I really got was, oh, Q4 is going to be packed. But I mean, it always is, I guess. But now we got Alan Wake in October and what other big game? Oh, but Spider-Man, October as well. So that, I guess, that's that's interesting that we know that but it's not like q4 is packed is really a groundbreaking piece of information uh, <laughs> so yeah i'm going back to my verdict which is meh <laughs> well as we said this is just the beginning um we've got xbox in a couple of days we've got wholesome direct tomorrow we've got ubisoft on monday um xbox is the next big one i kind of just briefly gauge like what are your expectations from that are you expecting meh from xbox or are you hoping for a bit more variety a bit more originality um i'm expecting because you mentioned actually like 
uh, gameplay. I thought there was kind of a fair bit of gameplay shown last night, and I'm just hoping that Xbox will go in that direction too, which I believe they actually kind of said they would. So whatever they, they officially sh- said, no CGI only. Trailers. Okay, so I'm happy with that. Uh, I'm happy with that, but honestly, I'm um, not really an Xbox person, so I don't have super high expectations. Uh, it would be get- great if they could have like you know video games that are interesting just video games period just video games that make me want to use the xbox series x that i do have and i've turned on once over the past two years really sorry it sounds awful and that i'm being really harsh but this (laughs) is just the reality for me is that i don't have any game to play on xbox at the moment um so just looking forward to being surprised and being proved wrong with that because they do have fantastic studios so i'd be looking forward to maybe getting a bit more excited about what they have well, here's hoping Sunday rectifies that. Um, we are going to be back next week with a couple more microcasts, certainly one after Xbox and possibly one after the Ubisoft and, and other showcases. Um, in the meantime, please do keep your eyes on GameStreet.biz. We're doing roundups for the biggest um, showcases so you see a full kind of breakdown of all the major announcements. Uh, and, of course, we'll be doing our own opinion analysis throughout the week. We'll be keeping you up to date with what the industry needs to know about this weird, non non-centralised array of showcases that, that that seems to have have still happened in june um or as everyone is still calling it not e3 <laughs> if i can add one final thing before we uh finish is just a final shout out to day of the devs which was so good and just made me so happy because it was so inclusive so queer so perfect so great and it had a lot of great video games that made me really excited and i want to shout out to five of them because you can't stop me simpler life haunty Henry Half had lots of H that I can't pronounce properly. Summerhill and Salt Sea Chronicles all look incredible, and I really encourage people to go and watch Day of the Devs if they haven't watched that stream because it was great. That's it. This this was the only other thing I was going to say about Summer Game Fest is it completely drained my energy for Day of the Devs. <laughs> it didn't start to like 10 p.m. and I was so drained from two hours of Summer Game Fest. I'm like, I, do, I can't do it. I'm going to have to catch up today. That's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go catch up on uh, Day of the Devs. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon. Uh, in the meantime, you can find all previous podcasts and microcasts on the podcasting platform of your choice and you can keep up with the news, insight and analysis into the world of video games at gametotreat.biz. Thank you.